And now to officially start our meeting, if you'll join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <coughs> Thank you for joining us here this last day of September. Before we get our meeting started, I'd just like to acknowledge that Ed Humphrey is with us this morning by virtual reality. Ed, thanks for being here with us. And we appreciate the legislature allowing us to do this. You bet. You bet. Thank you. So we'll go right on with the agenda that's been approved for us. We've called the meeting to order. And B, I'd like to... Uh, um, uh, I know that the uh, regular session minutes have been provided to the board members. You've had an opportunity to review them and uh, ask questions or clarify any comments. Uh, do I have a motion to approve the minutes of the 9-23-2020 meeting? So moved. I'll second. Then moved and received a second. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Painter? Yes. We'll move to C. We have a proclamation this morning, the designation of October 2020 as Disability Employment Month here in Claremont County. <clears throat> and I understand we have some uh, participants that are going to come in to receive the proclamation. Claire, you want to come up? Good morning and welcome to the Board of Commissioners meeting. <clears throat> we have everybody masked up here. Obviously, we understand the COVID restrictions, so we're trying to kind of stay a little bit socially distanced, but obviously, since we are masked, we can we can violate that distance with a little closer than six feet. So if everybody is safe, we'll, we'll proceed. Okay. This morning, I have a proclamation that's been prepared for National Disability Employment Awareness Month, which is October 2020. Whereas workplaces welcoming of the talents of people and including people with disabilities are a critical part of our efforts to build an inclusive community. Whereas the United States economy is supported by a workforce that is notable for its diversity. Whereas ensuring that all Americans, including those with disabilities, have the opportunity to reach their full potential will strengthen and maintain the businesses in Claremont County. Whereas the United States no longer underestimates the abilities of Americans with disabilities due to the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990. Whereas our community strives to raise awareness about disability employment issues and celebrates the many and varied contributions of people with disabilities. Whereas we welcome Ohio's Employment First Initiative philosophy and Whereas employment is the key to the economic security for Americans, and it is up to all of us, county and community leaders, employers, people with disabilities in their community, to break down attitudinal barriers that often business 
that often business doors to let employees with disabilities in. Whereas we must all think ability and not disability and encourage others to do the same. Now, therefore, let it be proclaimed that we, the Claremont County Board of Commissioners, do hereby proclaim the month of October 2020 as Disabilities Employment Awareness Month in Claremont County, Ohio. This year's national theme is increasing access and opportunity. We encourage our community to celebrate this theme and call upon all Claremont County citizens, government agencies, public and private institutions, businesses and schools to reaffirm our determination to create equal employment opportunities for people with disabilities. And it's signed by David L. Painter, President of the Board of County Commissioners, Edwin H. Humphrey, Vice President, and Claire B. Corcoran, who's with me here this morning as a member of the Board of Claremont County Commissioners. <clears throat> Angela, on behalf of the Claremont County Board of Commissioners, I'd like to present you this official proclamation that makes Disabilities Awareness Month for October 2020. And thanks so much for being here this morning. Thank you. Give me this hand. Hold this on. Okay. Here, turn around here and let them take your picture. Come right here beside me. Here you go. There you go. Hold that right in front. Wait a minute, Claire. Come up here. Dan and Amber, do you want guys want to step in there as well? Sure. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll step over here. We're going to do one over there. Do that over there. Okay. Oh, hi, Ed. That's cute. <laughs> We're good. Thank you. You had something you want to share a few words? Okay. That's okay if you want. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's okay. That's okay. I had a, I had a hunch. You had a hunch she'd do that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Angela. I'm 21. I'm currently working at Mercy Health Hospital in Anderson. I've been working there for a little over a year as a patient ambassador. Here is a brief overview of my position. You also have to know is that I love what I do and that's very important, especially to feel happy about what you do. One of my duties is to deliver breakfast and lunch so the patients can eat. After delivering trays, I take lunch, dinner, and breakfast orders for the next day. Then we go collect their trays and bring them down to the dish room. I break them down, run them through, cash them, and bring them up so we won't be behind. It's a lot of work, but I love taking the baby taste to the mommy, so it's definitely worth it. There were some obstacles in the way, but my parents are always on my side. When things get tough, it, makes, it helps me be the better ambassador and the better person that I am today. So thank you for CDD. And, for, and everyone for letting me talk about my job, especially thank you so much to both my parents giving me the advice and the extra support. I love you both, and you did a, both did an amazing job raising me. Thank you for everyone for your time. I'll always remember this day.
Yeah, I just want to say something quick. Um, number one, Angela wrote that herself. Yeah, she wrote it and she sent it to her mom and I the other night and said, hey, if you guys have any edits, let me know. Right? She's an amazing child, but I just want to say this. You know, I've heard people say sometimes that it takes a village uh, to raise a child, etc. Um, I, I don't know about that, but I will say it takes a village and more to have a child with special needs um, grow up to be successful and to be happy and to have good self-esteem. And I want to tell you the kind of things that you said to me out there. It says a lot about, uh, about you, about Claremont County, about the organization here. Just that you guys do that um, and that... Uh, what, what you're saying and what you said about people with disabilities, I can tell that it really means something to you. And so on behalf of my wife and I, we just thank you for the support that you're giving her now and that the, the whole group of people that are involved with uh, folks to help people with disabilities in the county have just done a terrific job. So thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I don't know if I can add a whole lot to that. Um, you know, it is an honor. I'm Dan Aki, superintendent with the Claremont County Board of Developmental Disabilities. Uh, thanks to the commissioners. Uh, great to see you. It's been a while. So um, certainly this year has uh, certainly um, helped us to really kind of reflect on um, just some of the things that we, we do help in terms of helping people with disabilities find jobs, keep jobs. And the thing that just resonates for me is we have essential workers. We have folks that have been right through the thick of this virus, working right through it um, in our community, in hospital settings, in grocery stores, in all the different parts of our community. And that speaks extremely, the volume in terms of what they have done, in terms of their dedication to the work that they do. Um, so I can't thank our staff enough. Amber is a, one of our uh, program managers in our, in our community employment team. Um, we got Lisa Davis from uh, Public Relations. Uh, Janie Fancook is with us today. She's my administrative assistant, but um, you know, just a great team of people. I'm very fortunate to work, as as Dad mentioned, um, in a community like this. So, thank you all today for this opportunity. So, thank you. Thank you. And, and thanks for being here, and Angela. Thanks so much. And uh, keep up the good work and keep doing what you do and what you love to do. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll move on with the agenda. D, the consent agenda. Board, a consent agenda has been prepared for you. I know you've had it early since Friday. Had the opportunity to review it. And uh, I'll ask, are there any items that were included on the consent agenda that need to be moved off for further conversation or discussion? None. Hearing none, I'll ask for a motion to approve the consent agenda. I'll make the motion. Second. Been moved and received a second. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. 
Commissioner Painter? Yes, we'll move on to E, the non-consent agenda, which starts on page three with item number seven. It's a recommendation that the Board of County Commissioners adopt resolution 156-20, resolving to approve payment to vendors in the amount of $1,149,746.69, as set forth in the BCC approval invoice reports for the checks dated September 30th, 2020, BCC directed prepaid invoice report and or the procurement card transaction report as presented by the county auditor on 9-28-2020 and further authorizing the county auditor to issue warrants for the same pursuant to section 319.16 of the Ohio revised code. Do I have a motion for payment of the bills? A second. Been moved and received a second. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Item number eight. Good morning. Recommendation of Gerald Bryant, Director of Court Services, Claremont County Juvenile Court, with the concurrence of Thomas J. Eigel, County Administrator, to execute amendment number 12 to the contract for detention services by and between the County of Claremont Ohio by and through the Board of County Commissioners of Claremont County, Ohio, and the Judge of the Claremont County Juvenile Court and the County of Adams, Ohio, by and through the Board of County Commissioners of Adams County, Ohio, and the Judge of the Adams County Juvenile Court, previously ratified by the Board of Claremont County Commissioners on 10-12-2009 and subsequently amended on all of the listed dates relative to the admissions of juveniles of the contract for detention services with Adams County Juvenile Court, which represents the decrease in the allotment of one bed to Adams County for a guaranteed total of one bed at a rate of $95 per diem per bed, and any admissions of juvenile offenders in excess of the guaranteed one bed based on availability at a rate of $101 per diem per bed Effective 10-120 through 2-28-21, pursuant to and in compliance with the terms and conditions set forth therein, with all other terms and conditions of the original contract and amendments thereto to remain in full force and effect. Board, you've heard the reading of item number eight. Do I have a motion for consideration? I'll make the motion. Second. Been moved and received a second. Any further conversation or discussion? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Before we move on to item number nine, Tom, is Julian Nisbet on with us this morning? Then I'm going to um, modify the agenda for a few moments here and uh, go to item H for county staff and elected officials discussion to see if we can't get an update on the COVID-19 uh, uh, awareness here in Claremont County. Julianne, are you there? Good morning. Morning. Thank you for having me. Um, so just kind of wanted to give a brief update on, on where we're at. It, it's been a couple weeks since I've been able to join you. Um, so thank you for having me this morning. Um, just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about where we're at in our response. Um, you know, schools have been back in for probably um, the majority of them, um, hitting on close to close to five weeks. Some of them, um, you know, had a little bit of a later start. So so they're you know probably in their in their fourth week or so, but. Um, definitely having a good start um, heading back to school. We, we do have cases, which we anticipate anytime we have cases in the community, we're gonna have cases in the school. 
Um, but our schools have done a really fantastic job um, of, of working, you know, kind of through their plans and what they're doing. Um, and everything that we are putting in place is really showing us that we're having some good controls occur. We're not at this point seeing outbreaks necessarily in classrooms from person to person once we have confirmed cases. Um, with that, occasionally we will see spread on sports teams um, and in different environments and, and particularly social environments outside of the school um, setting. But, but in general, that is going really well. Um, we are kind of maintaining a stable case count um, of, of where we have been since probably about you know mid to end of July. Um, we, did, we did peak up a little bit there, um, and we, we've kind of held there over the last several months. Um, didn't really see surges after the Labor Day weekend, which, which was really good. Um, you know, hopefully people were practicing some social distancing there. Um, going in, you know, through those holiday weekends because that was always a concern with us. I want to talk just briefly, um, based off of what I'm, I'm being able to see through the data, there is a possibility and a, a good possibility that we may end up going into the red again. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about why um, and kind of some of the data points around that. So our case rate per 100,000, what, what triggers that indicator is anytime it's above 50. Um, and we have been above that, again, since probably mid to end of July. Um, and we hover anywhere from the 60 to 80 uh, mark, it changes um, daily, depending on what case counts are rolling in. Um, and when those cases come in again, you know, even though it's reported on one day, the case for symptom onset may go back several days with that as it, as it gets put into the data set. So um, that has, has been kind of a continuous one. And then the, the indicator around congregate care, which we've had concerns about and we've talked to the Ohio Department of Health about um, and the governor's office, because it triggers every any time that we have 50% or more of our cases that are not in a congregate care setting. Um, and it, it can kind of somewhat penalize us. So if we're doing a really good job of keeping out of our, our nursing homes and our other congregate settings, um, meaning the majority of our cases are community spread, then it trips that indicator. And, and the majority of our cases have been community spread um, since probably, you know, going into to, to late May to June um, on it. So those two indicators, you know, are, are just continuously normally above the limits. Um, but what has increased is um, our emergency department visits and then our outpatient care visits. But they haven't increased really above historical kind of values. Um, so what happened is we actually had a couple weeks where we were starting to see declines in those numbers um, and they went down and now they're kind of starting to trend back up. Um, outpatient visits, you know, there's a lot of things going on around now with the fall, seasonal allergies. I'm one of those people. Um, I, I kind of, I have some really bad fall allergies and um, so a lot of times, you know, depending on what's going on and what you have going on, people may need to be evaluated. Um, you know, if they're being sent home from school because they have several symptoms or, you know, that may mimic COVID-19, a lot of those symptoms are similar um, with it. Or, you know, work environments who are basically saying, hey, if you're coughing and sneezing, you really probably shouldn't be here until you get some evaluation. Um, so we are starting to see a little bit of an uptick in those outpatient visits um, and then obviously the emergency department visits can kind of wax and wane. Those numbers for ED visits are still very small. So um, I just want to make, to make people aware that although it may trigger the system, I am really not concerned um, about, you know, any type of significant increase at this point. Um, additionally, we are aware the Ohio Department of Health is looking at adding some, some additional indicators. There were a few of them 
um, that they have anticipated adding that they just haven't had complete data sets on. So over the next few weeks, they'll be probably looking at a percent positivity rate by county, um, also looking at the number of tests being conducted um, at the county level, and then really looking at the time it takes um, for a person to be tested until a lab result um, basically comes back and gets reported to the state. Um, and then from our perspective, as far as how long it takes us to reach out and contact individuals. Um, so sometimes there are lags in reporting going into the Ohio Disease Reporting System um, for various reasons. It may be normal. Um, what we're seeing right now is a 24 to 48 hour turnaround time, which is, is really pretty good. We did have some, some lags from laboratories um, there when there were some capacity issues where it was taking anywhere from 10 days to two weeks, which is not what we want to see. Um, but right now we're still seeing about a 24 to 48 hour um, turnaround time with those tests. Um, coming in and then our policy is we reach out within 24 hours once we have um, that information. Sometimes it's within hours of it going into the system depending on what time of day it hits. Um, but something that might come in later on in the evening will get picked up in the next day's case um, reports and we have contact tracers working to reach out to those individuals. Um, now our policy is to reach out within 24 hours. It doesn't mean we actually get to speak to the individual. Um, sometimes we don't have all the demographic data. We may not have the correct phone number. Um, so sometimes it takes a little bit of investigation work to try to track some of that information down and get out to them. But again, our, our case rates per 100,000 um, are remaining relatively stable with it. Um, really what it's showing us is, is kind of, you know, what we're doing is working. We do need to remain vigilant though. It doesn't mean we can back down off of anything um, that we're doing. We need to keep those, those you know, um, prevention measures in place as we continue to go into the fall. Um, so that's really all I have for an update, unless you guys have questions for me. Julianne, before we let you go, the big question in the room is, and and uh, I just want to know where are we? What's your intel as far as this vaccination, and and how is that that going along? So we are planning. Um, the state is putting together numerous work groups. Um, we will participate in those kind of at a state level, and then also we're doing some regional and then local planning um, here in Claremont County with some of our partner agencies. Um, so we have, have started to work on that. At this time, though, we, other than what's kind of out there publicly, um, the information that was put out through HHS, they're again still telling us to anticipate to plan for anywhere from beginning of November, um, but vaccine will be very, very limited and it will likely target healthcare workers first doing direct patient care. Um, it's still the same kind of word that, that we're hearing is that we likely will not have enough vaccines to, to really focus on um, general population until probably after first of the year, maybe into the spring. Um, it'll just depend on, again, their are finishing up several vaccine trials that are going on. It'll depend on um, if and when FDA gives approval for the use of those vaccines, and then um, how much is being manufactured and, and to kind of roll out, um, you know, from the federal level to the states and then down to us locally. But but definitely working on the, on the planning process. Um, you know, we don't we don't want to sit back and wait until we necessarily have all that information. Um, we we kind of have some what if scenarios, and we're going to plan for all of those. Um, to see how we will best be able to be ready. And as far as from history, when it comes to vaccination, how how far down the road of vaccination do you have to go with the general public in a state <coughs> before you could say 
you know, we could lift these restrictions and it's no longer a concern. Does that have to be, does that have to be an a, a, uh, immunity percentage or how, how do they, how do they, uh, you know, measure that, Julianne? Yes, sir, I think it's, a, that's a, it's an excellent question, but I, I really wish we kind of had a better crystal ball to, to see how um, So there's, there's several factors that that depends on. We, we don't know what the efficacy of the vaccine will be at this point. So um, you know, different vaccines are basically um, have different levels of effectiveness. Um, so a vaccine typically is not 100% effective in all individuals, um, but you will have some vaccines that will be really, really close to that 100%, maybe 99% or so that cause that immune response that you're looking for um, in your system, for your, for your system to kind of build up those antibodies. Um, and in other vaccines, you may only get, you know, 60% um, effectiveness. So I think that's, that's one factor to take into consideration. You know, second factor is going to be vaccine uptake within, um, you know, different communities. And then you're still going to kind of continue to look at disease transmission that's happening um, within communities. Um, again, I think we've done surprisingly well. I'm very happy with where we're at um, in, our, in our school environments. I think that's, you know, I'm, I'm kind of have my fingers crossed that we continue um, with that trend going into the fall. Um, and doing that. So I, I don't think it's an easy question of a specific number. Um, I think we're going to have to look at the combination of those numbers um, and, and what kind of has, are we still, even if we get a large number back, are we still seeing, you know, a high amount of spread within, um, you know, within the state, within communities to, to kind of look at when some of those prevention measures, um, you know, measures are going to be backed off. Um, some of those measures we really hope people just kind of continue with as habit, um, not necessarily mask wearing. We don't like it any better than anybody else, although it's a very effective measure for um, reducing the spread. But certainly, you know, put hand hygiene, washing our hands um, on it. You know, if we put a lot of these practices in during standard cold and flu seasons, they can reduce um, transmission of other things, other diseases that may be, you know, transmitted through various routes. Um, you know, that, that hand washing will definitely be effective on continuing to, you know, when we cough and sneeze, you know, continuing into our sleeve or into our sleeves or a tissue. Those are all good practices that we really hope everybody kind of sticks with um, to just help us, you know, with, with, to reduce lots of other things um, in the future. And then just one last question. Any intel on business restrictions and revision to those. I know there's a lot of talk on the media about extending the time frame that bars can actually serve patrons and uh, any other discussions along those lines? Yes, so there are some discussions that I'm aware of that are occurring, um, in, you know, looking at some of those at the state level and certainly we provide feedback um, from what we see locally um, going on with that. They're, they did update the dine safe order to allow um, some type of self-service within the retail food establishments. Um, so there are, there are two different things that are licensed. There are retail food, which is, um, even though we license them locally, they're actually governed by the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And then um, food services, which are more of your typical restaurants. They've currently opened it up to those retail food establishments. Um, they're gonna kind of see how things go there. And then I mean, my understanding is the anticipation is to open self-service back up. So like buffet type restaurants and things. Um, to, to those food service operations too, but I think we want to make sure we're, we're you know, seeing how things kind of go with it. 
there are discussions that I'm aware that are occurring um, around the bar issue, um, you know, with, with the liquor um, shutting down service at, at 10 o'clock right now currently. So I think conversations are ongoing with that. They also updated the sports order um, to allow for more than one game to occur within a day, um, the way it was originally was, was written. Um, particularly when you look at, at um, a lot of times when they do tournaments and, and different types of things where you may have a team play more than one team in a day that was prohibited under the prior order um, that has now opened up to allow that, that type of um, activity to go on. And, and you know, I think the, what we will kind of see is, is different types of things continuing to be monitored. There are conversations. Um, I'm not sure where it's going to go, but there are also conversations about the level of quarantine within um, schools and the classrooms who may not quite be hitting that six foot distance, um, but if they have other control measures in place with regarding to wearing the masks, potentially barriers, other things, um, to see what we may be able to do to make changes. But those changes have to occur at the state level in order for us to um, you know, do something different, you know, to, to allow something different to happen. We can't just, um, you know, kind of come up with our own guidance here at the local level. We're gonna have to wait on the state to make those changes. Um, but definitely there are some conversations going on around it. And just continuing to look at, at those guidance documents that are out there um, and other things to really see, is it is it still making sense to do some of the things that, that are in those? Any other questions, board? Julianne, as always, thanks for taking time out of your schedule and uh, providing us that update, answering our questions, and you know, keeping us, uh, you know, on the uh, on the cutting edge of information that's coming available of COVID nineteen in Claremont County. Thank you. Thank you. And with that, I'll continue on with our non consent agenda at item number nine. Good morning, I'm Lyle Bloom, Director with the Clermont County Water Resources Department. Item number nine is a recommendation to accept the following grants of sewer easements with rights of re-entry for repair and replacement. It will be granted and conveyed to Clermont County for utility purposes of constructing, operating, maintaining, repairing, replacing, removing, or reinstalling sewer utility lines, pumping equipment, manholes, and all incidental fixtures required for the, for the transportation of sewage in, on, under, and across the properties of the grantors, and this is project number 6402-60116 related to the Newtonville Collection System Assessment Project located in Wayne Township, and further authorize the county auditor to remit payment to the grantors in amounts as outlined and as indicated on the settlement sheets uh, as compensation for the permanent easements and rights of way uh, granted thereby and repairs relative thereto. And this is for four additional easements uh, associated with the project. So that brings our total to 17 of the 44 easements we need to construct the project. Board, you've heard the reading of item number nine. Do I have a motion for approval? A second. And move, received a second. Any further conversation or questions for Lyle? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thank you, Lyle. Thank you. Item number 10. Good morning, William Harris, Director of the Claremont Transportation Connection. Item number 10 is the recommendation of William Harris, Director of Claremont Transportation Connection, with the concurrence of Greg Beckford, Assistant County Administrator, to adopt resolution number 157-20, resolving to authorize Thomas J. Eibel, County Administrator, 
to execute the grant contract number of OTPP-0067-GRF-211 by and between the Board of Claremont County Commissioners on behalf of the Claremont Transportation Connection and the Ohio Department of Transportation, 1980 West Broad Street, uh, uh, excuse me, Columbus, Ohio, 43223 for the Ohio State Fiscal Year 2021 Ohio Transit Partnership Program in the amount of $173,000 pursuant to Ohio Department of Transportation award letter dated 9-10-2020 and in concert with the grant application ratified by the Board of County Commissioners on 5-29-2020 relative thereto. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 10. Do I have a motion for approval? Make the motion. Second. I have a motion and a second. Any further conversation for or questions for Mr. Harris? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Item number 11. Good morning. Morning. Very smart community and economic development. I have a recommendation of Michael McNamara, Director, Department of Community and Economic Development, with the concurrence of Greg Bickford, Assistant County Administrator, to execute change order number one to the contract with Kramer and Feldman, Inc., located at 7363 Production Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45237. Previously ratified by the Board of County Commissioners on June 3rd, 2020, for project number 2018-04 relative to the Franklin Township Fire and EMS Building Improvements Project in concert with the Claremont County Community Development Block Grant for fiscal year 2018, which, re which represents an increase in the amount of $8,050 for a total adjusted contract price to date of $256,450 for additions, deletions, and or modifications thereto as defined therein and contingent upon the issuance and release of the required purchase order therefore. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 11. Do I have a motion for approval? A second. It's been moved and received a second. Any further conversation or discussion? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Item number 12. Good morning. Morning. I'm, uh, recommendation of Linda L. Fraley, Claremont County Auditor, to authorize David L. Painter, President of the Board of County Commissioners, to execute an additional AMS Merrick location addendum for the Claremont County Sheriff with Automated Merchant Systems Incorporated in Lake Mary, Florida, and Merrick Bank Corporation in Woodbury, New York, previously ratified by the Board of County Commissioners on December 18, 2019, for processing payments by financial transaction advice effective upon ex execution pursuant to the terms and conditions set forth therein and in compliance with sections 301.28 and 307.862 of the Ohio Revised Code. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 12. Do I have a motion for approval? I'll make the motion. Second. It's been moved and it's received a second. Any further conversations or discussion? <clears throat> Just one question. Yes. Will this let patrons that have to come over to the Claremont County Sheriff's Office pay by, I assume, credit card? Yes. So this will actually be point of sale? Yes. Fantastic. <clears throat> any any further clarification, board? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. 
Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Item number 13. Good morning, Treasurer. Good morning. I'm Jeannie Zermley, Claremont County Treasurer. Item 13 is the recommendation of Jeannie M. Zermley, Claremont County Treasurer, with the concurrence of Thomas J. Igel, County Administrator, to authorize David L. Painter, President of the Board of County Commissioners, to execute the Treasury Management Services Pricing Second Amendment by and between the County of Claremont, Ohio and PNC Bank National Association, 300 Fifth Avenue, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 15222, previously ratified by the Board of County Commissioners on October 2, 2019, to provide additional services identified in Exhibit B entitled New Fees relative to the banking accounts necessary for the processing of lockbox payment for the Claremont County Treasurer and the Claremont County Water Resources Department pursuant to an and in compliance with sections 307.862, 321.03, and 323.611 of the Ohio Revised Code with all other terms and conditions of the reference contract thereto to remain in full force and effect. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 13. Do I have a motion for approval? I'll second. And moved and received a second. Any further conversation or discussion? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Item number 14. I'm Wade. How are you? Wonderful yourselves. Good. Agenda item number 14 is my recommendation with the concurrence of Mr. Thomas J. Eigel, County Administrator, to adopt a revised table of organization for the Facilities Management Department as outlined below in Exhibit A, attached thereto and made a part thereof, effective September 30th, 2020, and further to authorize the update of the appropriate internet links and appendices accordingly. This recommendation involves the removal of the Assistant Director and security locksmith positions and adds a system cabling coordinator and a facilities management supervisor. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 14. Do I have a motion for approval? I'll make the motion. Second. Then moved, received a second. Any further conversation? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Item number 15. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Number 15 is a recommendation of Mr. Thomas J. Eigel, County Administrator, to approve the following personnel actions. This will be the removal of Errol Lloyd, security locksmith, termination. This is ending his part-time intermittent unclassified appointment, effective 9-30-2020. Board, you've heard the uh, reading of item number 15 for the termination of uh, Errol Lloyd, or is it Lloyd? Errol. Errol Lloyd. Errol right. Lloyd. Yes, sir. Do I have a motion for approval? A second. Been moved and received a second. Anything further? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Wade. I'm number 16. Item 16 is a recommendation to reappoint Monica Royal Fisher to serve on the Area 12 Workforce Investment Board for the term of 7-1-2020 through 630-2023, pursuant to Section 107 of the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 16 to reappoint Monica Royal Fisher onto the Area 12 Workforce Investment Board. Do I have a motion for Make proof? Make a motion. Second. Been moved and received a second. Anything further? <clears throat> I'd just like to say Monica has uh, served on the Area 12 Workforce Investment Board, as, as do I. She has been a valued member of that board and 
has really you know jumped in from the very onset and and made a positive impact so glad to see that she's willing to do that again roll call holly commissioner corcoran yes commissioner humphrey commissioner painter yes item number 17. Morning, Commissioners. Michael McNamara, Community and Economic Development Director. Uh, item number 17 is recommendation of Michael McNamara, Director of Claremont County Department of Community and Economic Development, that the Board of County Commissioners resolve to appoint Dale Rowe, 750 US, Milf US 50 Milford, Ohio, 45150, to serve on the Board of Directors of the Claremont County Port Authority to succeed the unexpired term of Matt Van Zant, effective for the term of 9-30-2020 through 8-19-2023. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 17 that requests appointment of Dale Rowe to the uh, Port uh, Authority on the Board of Directors. Do I have a motion for appointment? Mm -hmm. I'll second that appointment. Any further conversation or discussion? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Painter. Yes. Commissioner Corcoran. Jane. <clears throat> I know Mr. Rowe is here today with you. Is that correct? Is he sitting behind you there? <clears throat> Mr. Rowe, thanks so much for your willingness to serve on the Board of Directors of the Port Authority. We're, we're glad that you came and, and glad to have you. Thank you for the honor and hopefully 50 years of experience I can be helpful to the county. And, and we, believe, we believe that too. Ed? Yeah, Go ahead. I'm sure you will. You bet. Hi, Ed. Well, thank you. Thank you for being here this morning and congratulations. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for serving. Item number 18. Thank you, Commissioners. Recommendation of Michael McNamara, Director, Department of Community and Economic Development, with the concurrence of Greg Bickford, Assistant County Administrator, to re adopt Resolution 158 20. Resolving to approve the execution of an Ohio Enterprise Zone Agreement by and between the Board of Trustees of Williamsburg Township, Claremont County, Ohio, and the Board of Commissioners of Claremont County, Ohio, Nestle Purina Pet Care Company, a Missouri corporation with its main offices located at 1 Checkerboard Square, St. Louis, Missouri, 63164, for the granting of 100% tax exemption for 15 years for the increase in assessed valuation of real property constituting the project site as identified in the referenced agreement. Uh, said exemptions commencing no later than tax year 2025 and not extending beyond tax year 2039, pursuant to section 5709.61 through 5709.69, inclusive of the Ohio Revised Code, and in compliance with the terms and conditions set forth therein in consideration of the investment to be made by Nestle Purina for the expansion and retention of economic development as well as the preservation and creation of employment opportunities within the designated boundaries of the Rural Jobs and Enterprise Zone in the County of Claremont, Ohio, and to direct the Clerk of the Board to forward the aforementioned agreement by and between the Board of Trustees of Williamsburg Township, Claremont County, Ohio, and the Board of Commissioners of Claremont County, Ohio, Nestle Purina Pet Care Company, to the Ohio Development Services Agency, the Ohio Department of Taxation, and the Claremont County Auditor. So what this means is that the local school board in Williamsburg Township are offering a tax abatement to a company that they hope will locate at South Afton. Taxes will continue to be paid in the same manner that they would always be paid on the current value of the land. The only portion that is being abated for a period of time will be 
the additional value placed on the land by the developer. The school board will receive annual payments in lieu of the regular taxes for the period of the agreement. And this is a tool used in all of Ohio's 88 counties in order to attract jobs and business. And Williamsburg Township and the Williamsburg local schools are asking the commissioners to pass this agreement today. Board, you've heard the reading of item number 18. Do I have a motion for approval? I will make that motion. Second. Then moved and received a second. Any further conversation or discussion? <clears throat> Before we move forward, I would I noted that uh, Barry Henning is here today from Williamsburg Township. And I understand that you all have considered this particular tax exemption, tax abatement for an enterprise zone, and that it has been approved at Williamsburg Township. Is that correct? Okay. And then I understand that Matt Early is on with us here by, by um, Zoom. Is that correct? Yes, Commissioner, I'm on here. How are you this morning? Fantastic. And you, Matt? Good to see you. Matt, yes, we... On behalf of the board, uh, we have approved this as well as our school compensation agreement and are looking forward and hopefully that Nestle Karina does locate in South Athens the resources that uh, could be provided our school district and just the workforce development for our entire region. So thank you for considering this. Thank you. <clears throat> and before we move away from that, I would say that the Board of Claremont, I'll, I'll speak with the Board President, the Board of Claremont County Commissioners. Uh, we are here to help communities and uh, Williamsburg Township, obviously the village of Williamsburg and uh, Williamsburg school systems. We are here to assist you in, in um, making these kind of things happen. You know, that's what this joint venture is all about. You know, it's about all of us, uh, you know, being on the same page and in moving to ensure that, you know, you have the opportunities obviously in your community that will bring economic development. So any further conversations or discussion board? Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Tom, on the, on the agenda, we'll go to F. Are there any additions to the agenda? No, sir, not this morning. Okay. Then we will go to G. Are we still in need of an executive session? No, I was notified by the prosecuting attorney this morning that we have, uh, do, no, do no longer need an executive session. Okay. Then I will go back to H, county staff elected official discussions. Any county staff or elected officials that want to address the board this morning? Hearing none, I will go to I for member comments. Board members, any comments today about today's meeting that you'd like to make? No comments. Well, about today's meeting, I just warn all of us that we need to be cautious and careful and wear our masks and social distance and all the things that will keep us safe. Okay. And just to reflect back that yesterday, um, since our session was today, that we could not announce it, but yesterday was Gold Star Mother's Day in recognition to all the mothers who have lost loved ones to this country. You bet. <clears throat> and before I ask for a motion to adjourn, I'd just like to share a statement here from the board. Um, the Board of Claremont County Commissioners today has approved the execution of an Ohio Rural Enterprise Zone Agreement 
between the Board of Trustees of Williamsburg Township, Claremont County Commissioners and Williamsburg Local Schools, and Nestle Purina Pet Care Company. The project will now be forwarded on to the Ohio Development Services Agency and the Ohio Department of Taxation and the Claremont County Auditor for approval. I'd just like to thank all of those, Williamsburg Township, Village of Williamsburg, Williamsburg Schools, and Nestle Purina uh, Pet Care Division that have worked so hard to uh, make this opportunity available for consideration. So thank you very much. And hats off to our staff too, who worked so hard on this for so long to make sure. You bet. Any other comments? Then I would ask for a motion to adjourn our meeting. Oh, hold on. So I believe there was a, a request maybe to possibly move uh, next week's session to, to yeah, one right. one o'clock p.m. Is that correct, Holly? That's correct. There was oh, yes. that was that was my request. I forgot to bring that forward. Okay, glad glad we caught that. Okay. Thank you. So, we, so I have a, I have a conflict at ten o'clock in the morning. Would like to move it to one o'clock in the afternoon if that's possible. Okay. And do we need a motion for that, Tom? I would assume we do. So, so first, I would ask for a um, a motion to modify the agenda to consider changing the meeting time for next week. Do I have a motion? I'll make the motion. I'll second, Ned. Been moved and received a second. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey. Aye. Commissioner Corcoran. Yes. Commissioner Painter. Yes. And then uh, the resolution is to move our our meeting next week to one o'clock p.m. Correct. and uh, you will make uh, proper notification to all the uh, uh, outlets for that? Correct. We will ensure that the um, media calendar is released and updated as well as all of the um, internet links. Okay. Do I have a motion to approve the uh, time change of our meeting next week to one o'clock p.m.? I make the motion. Second. Been moved and received a second. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. Commissioner Painter? Yes. Board members, anything else to come before the meeting today? No. Then I'd ask, I'd ask for a motion to adjourn our meeting. I that up. I was, I was concerned. I missed it. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Ed, we, we didn't catch what you said. Could you repeat that? Thanks for changing. I yes, I was thanking Tom for bringing that up. I forgot to ask for that. Oh. And I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Okay. So we have a motion and a second to adjourn? Okay. Roll call, Holly. Commissioner Humphrey? Aye. Commissioner Corcoran? Yes. Commissioner Painter? Yes. That concludes our meeting for today. This is the last day of September to, uh, 2020. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. If you were there by uh, virtual reality and to all those who participated in the meeting this morning. Thanks so much. We will see you next week at one o'clock p.m. Thank you.